Welcome to Finding Emo, our podcast where we discuss our favorite albums from the early aughts and thereabouts. I am Blake Fisher. I am joined, as always, by Chris Monier and Kyle Ooh. Simmons. Hey. Thank you for joining us on this episode of the podcast. We obviously have to ask you to subscribe and rate us, preferably five stars. That'd be fantastic. If you don't, uh, we might sue you. I don't know. Yeah. We don't know who you are, but we might. You just we'll find you. It's, uh, you know, frivolous lawsuits are all the rage. We want to get in po- on that action. Big I podcast mean, is going to come after you. We we don't want to sue you. We would prefer <laughs> yeah. that you just rate and subscribe our, to our podcast. It's so easy. Yeah. yeah. Do yourself a court, favor. Court will not be in your favor if you uh, are that lazy about stuff. So anyway, thanks for joining us. Today, we are talking about the uh, 2003 album by Yellow Card entitled Ocean Avenue. Um, which is a, a good one. We're, I'm excited about it. I, myself, am a, am a huge Yellow Card fan. I'm wearing my Ocean Avenue t-shirt right now. None of you can see that because this is an audio podcast, but trust me, I'm wearing it. Very festive. Uh, yeah, festive, I guess. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, well, let's dive in. Uh, I did the quote-unquote research for this album. Uh, we we quote-unquote it because it's Wikipedia essentially is what we do, just in case anyone is wanting the secret sauce here. There's just some Wikipedia half-ass research. Um, so anyway, released July 22nd, 2003 uh, on Capitol Records. It was their major label debut. Before that, they were on Lobster Records. Technically their fourth record, but I don't think any of us really counted as their fourth full-length record. They had uh, one full-length before this and uh, an EP before it that I sort of count because those were the only two that Ryan Key was the lead vocalist on. So uh, they were still in their sort of band growing up days, but still fourth album technically. Um, but I'm going to say we count one for the kids, right, as their first one. Is that fair? Oh, yeah. Okay, yep. I think that's fair. Uh, players, Ryan Key, Sean Mackin, Ben Harper, uh, uh, LP or Langenou, W. Parsons the third. I think that's how you pronounce his name, right? Yep. Sounds very French. Uh, oui. And Pete Mosley, uh, produced by Neil Avron, as we have mentioned before on this podcast. Neil Avron's going to make a lot of producing credits because uh, this was kind of his wheelhouse for the early 2000s, for sure. Uh, and they went. he went on to do the rest of the records with them as well. Uh, I guess the only interesting stuff I found about the recording of the album, there was really not a lot about the making of it, necessarily. Uh, Pete played all the parts on bass, basically, except for one track that Ryan played on. And then he left to focus on his other band. And then uh, they basically, you know, he came back after they got huge. <laughs> and was like, hey, guys, can I be in the band again? And they were like, sure. <laughs> sup, sup. Uh, at least that's sort of the story. Uh, and so he was out for a little bit, played on the record, but uh, came back. And uh, briefly, Alex Lewis played with them. Uh, and his sister, I guess, sang on one of the songs on the record, which I did not know, uh, on View from Heaven. So, And then they kicked him out of the band. So that's all you get. Your sister gets to be on the record. You got a tour <laughs> with him for a little bit. And then Pete's back. Uh, so that's really like all the information. I, I, I really could not find a lot about this record other than it then goes on to, you know, as far as the making of, but obviously after it releases, um, does pretty well with Way Away. Way Away is a decent sing- single for them. Uh, then obviously Ocean Avenue, the single, uh, blows them up, uh, kind of sky high. Uh, Ocean Avenue becomes number 37 on the Hot 100, number 13 on Top 40 Pop, and number one on TRL. Number one on TRL, 
a bragging, big deal. Bragging back rights. In, that's that's yeah. That's a big time in 2003. So I mean, any cool. time in those early 2000s. So uh, so yeah, that kind of launched them. Uh, my oh yeah, album peaked at number 23, sold 11,000 copies in the first week, and went on to be a platinum selling record. So uh, this was a very successful endeavor. Uh, had the three singles: "Way Away," uh, "Ocean Avenue," and "Only One." Um, danced by middle schoolers everywhere in the nation. <laughs> And, uh, yeah, so it was a pretty successful record. My, my funny story about that is that, so the record came out, we, we, uh, I, of course I knew of them before this album came out and, uh, liked their other stuff. And then this came out and at the time they would like, if they were playing a town and you like called or emailed them or whatever, and they would like come play high school cafeterias, like at lunch and stuff which is crazy to me, but they would just like, if you, they, in that town, they would like go play a high school. If you basically asked them. Uh, so they did, they played my old high school that I, I had graduated from, but my sister was in student council and organized like their district nine, um, student council thing with all the other schools and yellow card came and played that, (laughs) that thing. And so I had helped like set up the sound or whatever. And I introduced them and they weren't, like Ocean Avenue is not on the radio yet or anything and not number one on TRL. So like most of the kids had not heard of this band, I don't think. And so they play. And then like, as they're playing, I forget that like, Oh man, like I forgot to tell the crowd that they're playing at the green door tonight. Like that was a jerk move to not. Yeah. Well, yeah. And the band opening for them would have really appreciated it. Yeah. And so, and so I was like, (laughs) so I was like, Oh, I forgot to tell these people. Uh, I was like, I feel bad, you know? Well, then that night, I mean, I don't think Ocean Avenue had been released yet as a single, I'm pretty sure, because, but, you know, they sold the Green Door out in, like, that long. I mean, there was no, this is pre, you could buy tickets online, so you just had to line up around the block, and that's what happened that night. So, me not introducing them did not make a difference. They they still sold out the venue without uh, the help of me, so it was fine. Everything was okay. It worked out. Um, yeah, so shortly after that, Ocean Avenue comes out, the the single, and they, they blow up, and their album goes platinum, and... And they're a gigantic band, and uh, the rest is history, I guess, right? Like, yeah, well, I, you, I have a well, question say, about that. Oh, okay. Oh, What's your no, question? No, no, Chris, Chris first. Well, Chris. I was okay. going to say, do you remember that we opened for them that night? No, no, we didn't open them for them that, that night. We opened was that for not them. the night we opened? No, we opened for them like two years before that. Oh, uh, with Slick it was Shoes. Way bef- it was way yeah. before that. Way okay, before so this that. This is a different show. Oh, oh, okay, yes, yes, okay. yeah, yeah. No, yeah, I got sorry. confused. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. Chris, yeah. Chris was mentioning we opened our band opened for them in two thousand two, so it just would have been one year before that, right? Because I was gonna say yeah. they played some. I feel like they played a few songs that were uh, they well, they wouldn't have been working on the record. They started recording yeah. it uh, in, huh, two, well. in the early two thousand three, but they they just Memory released that EP well. though. They released that. Mm. Uh, uh, what was the name of the EP? I forgot the name of it, but. Uh, they just released that EP when we played them in, in the summer of 2002. That's right. And that's when I first heard of them was when we played with them. Is it the Hall at, Pass one or the Yellow Slip or something? Not Yellow Slip. The ha- Yellow no. Card. Is it that one? No, that's not it. It's, uh, well, I can't find, I thought I wrote down the name of the EP. Anyway, uh, that was the, uh, so that was when that came out. So yeah, 2002, we played with them in this 2003, summer of 2003. So they, they blew up quite a bit between that because we, we played with them. It was the green door, but it was the old green door, you know, like 
200 capacity green door and then uh the one downtown by the time the next time they came around was open uh, uh significantly bigger these are all oklahoma city venues sorry uh, that uh anyway, that answers oklahoma city that answers my question because i wondered if it was the the last time they played in oklahoma city at the green door were you guys there for that one mm, which what year like what Dude, I do not remember. I just remember it was the last time Yellow Card played here. And in particular, I, I, I remember this specifically because it was the most punk rock thing I'd ever seen anybody do. Um, the green door was not, the security was not doing a good job of keeping kids off the stage. And if anybody's never seen Yellow Card live, they are extremely active, going crazy. The Sean is doing flips and all kinds of crap like that. Well, they couldn't keep the kids off. And at one point someone stepped on the cord and unplugged the violin. And like, finally at the end, uh, Ryan is just so pissed off and perturbed and he's pissed that he's having to yell at kids. Like it's not his job. Security should be keeping them off. And I'll never forget it. He's like, guys, until there's another venue, we'll never play in Oklahoma city again. Uh, and this is our last song. So, tear this bitch to the ground and like <laughs> i think that was that show <laughs> and like and kids were tearing things down like the speakers you know what i mean like it, it was it was anarchy and it was i don't kind of- remember the anarchy but I, that speech sounds familiar i'm pretty sure it would have been that show because and, i didn't see him again in oklahoma city i saw him in norman but- and to be honest like what he said was so kind of cool to me Maybe someone punched a speaker, and in my mind today, like yeah. they tore all the speakers down and set them on fire. But he did indeed <laughs> tell us, tell everyone to tear the bitch down. And I was just like, whoa, this dude is using his power for maybe not good right now. And and also, <laughs> also, uh, like, <laughs> there's no reason for us to talk about this, but like, he, there, there's, there's a little bit of a, Mm-hmm. There's like a legend about him becoming a prima donna with this record and a not oh, nice they, person. They admitted as much. And and after like the fact, I, well, I he's think. there's All several. Them, yeah. There's there's a. I mean, I I think you could argue that there are whole records that he wrote afterwards yes. ad, admitting yeah. it. And so like, I think he's. I think he grew out of it. He was a young kid that went platinum real quick. So whatever. Yeah. But like, I remember trying to tell him how much I appreciated the album, and he was a total. D- <laughs> and like it didn't bother me because i was like oh you know whatever i'm I, he's he's probably been bothered by a thousand people today but yeah yeah i i in my mind the only time they played in oklahoma city was that time it was I th- a, at the green door i know you're right they played there before i'm just saying like i can't no, shake i think that it. was the last time that i think was the last i think time. you're right that is when it happened uh yeah i didn't talk to him at all that day really uh i talked to some of the other guys uh Sean, the violinist, was awesome. Oh, yeah. Hung out with every kid that wanted to hang out with him and stuff like that, which, you know, everyone's got that one guy in the band. You could tell that. I mean, first of all, this is like 10 in the morning or whatever. They had to roll out of, I mean, they all had to like wake up to come play this show in a Uh gymnasium in a high school, which, you know, pretty, they literally went platinum within, I don't know, a couple months of that. Real fast. I mean, yeah. I mean, literally, they were playing in a high school gym with me doing sound. That's a bad. Uh, that's oh, Blake, not... quick question. While you were doing sound, did he uh, incite a riot or tell everyone to tear that <laughs> down? No, he did not. No, no memory of that? Tell... Did, did he say no, it was totally with... cool. Did he say it with his eyes? He did not. No, everything, they were very cool. They actually had a sound guy. I wasn't doing sound. I just set it up. But, uh, and, uh, and, and fortunately, uh, 
uh, <laughs> I was with the guys that day or wouldn't have gotten in the show because the sound guy got me in. So, uh, yeah. Well, so also, that's our. I feel like I should. I feel like I should say this. Uh, one of my favorite bands. I'm not. I the going platinum super quick. In my opinion, so deserved. They're so great live. These songs yeah. are, are great. And you know what? Anyone would probably lose their head a little bit uh, blowing up like that. So. No, there's plenty. You can, yeah. There are entire records that come after this that you can tell is I, him talking to his past self of like. <laughs> I remember they had, they had a sign or a page on their website, I, and it, it was like, "Send us an email with your address, and we'll mail you a sticker for free." And I, I can like picture right now when I got the sticker in the mail, like how excited I was because I thought awesome. it was so cool that they were yeah. just like, "Yeah, just you want a sticker of ours? We're honored." Well, we will mail yeah. to you. We will spend twenty nine cents, and we will deliver a sticker to you for free. And yeah, that's cool. Uh, yeah. No, it, I mean, it, I still haven't ever like heard of a hardworking, cool guys. I've still never heard of a band that will play a high school in any town they're in if you email them, and they're there that day. Like that's I've never heard anyone else do that. That's got to be cool. I mean, I guarantee they made fans that day. You know oh, what I mean? It's I know a brilliant they strategy. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's brilliant. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's like, but. And it, it takes work. You got to get up and go play a high school or whatever. But like, I guarantee they got a lot of fans out of it. So kudos to them for uh, giving the extra effort there. Because um, you know most guys in bands don't want to wake up at ten in the morning after having been up the night before and driven from the last town. So or go back to high school. Right. Yeah. Although, you know, if your <laughs> yellow car, like, that would be like I don't know. That's your wheelhouse, though. As far as like. Who you want buying? I mean, captive audience, and uh, I bet I bet they slung some records of their their one before that, just in mm-hmm. high schools. We'd have to. I don't think we'd have to find the Nielsen sound scan numbers or whatever for uh, for uh, one for the kids back in the day when they did that. So that's really what we know about the album. Uh, let's talk about first impressions, Chris. How about yours? Oh um, man. I was so excited for this record to come out because um, the record before this, like it was really good, but it wasn't very polished. The songs right. were good. And of course, you know, everybody was like, it's punk rock, but with a violin. Which can uh, we talk about how that's the, the coolest, when people ask you, if you're in a band, everyone always asks, what's your band sound like? And no one can yeah. ever answer it, right? No yeah. one can ever give a concise answer. That's the best answer for a band i've ever heard punk rock with a violin you immediately mm. are like okay got it i don't yep i'm, I'm in intrigued yeah you know i've never heard Tell anyone me more. Else say that i've never you know haven't heard anyone since say that they had the best possible short elevator pitch for their band style it's of the anyone I've ever it's heard. the least pretentious way of saying oh you know it's kind of like our own sound that, right like, yeah yeah oh it's yeah. unlike anything that's ever come before it i just love that they were like it's literally punk rock of the violin i love yep. it it's a it's like a tagline for a movie it's perfect anyway go ahead go on uh, yeah but anyway uh pound for pound one of the best albums of the decade as far as pop punk's concerned i mean every song's great it's starts off amazing there's not a crap sandwich on the record i'm just gonna go ahead and play my put my cards out now wow chris no, no, i'm gonna listen to the rest of the podcast now that they know you're not gonna oh, call something sorry. a crap sandwich sorry well i just want everybody to know how important this album was to me it, it made me feel like i could do anything it was um because this was very early in in the decade and you know obviously like blink 22 was huge and there were some bands blowing up but these guys were like these guys were like grinding it out in florida and like really really working hard so when you heard the record the first time and it was just polished and perfect i was like yes go guys go 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 sow your oats 
And boy, yeah. boy, howdy, did they. I think also it was a time where uh, any any huge pop punk band was a little bit silly or, you know what I mean, like, or or raunchy. And yeah. these dudes uh, were serious. Mm-hmm. And, like, I mean, you could tell they were enjoying themselves, but, like, this was not a joke to them in any way. And, no. um, and that was cool. Yeah, I think the the... So the first time I listened to them was when we played that show with them in 2002. So, uh, and I just immediately was like, man, this is like my, it's right in my wheelhouse because they, it's punk rock, but it's also, you're right, serious. Not like serious, serious, but you know what I mean? It's not, it doesn't have a shtick to it or whatever. And the violin thing works incredibly well. Like I, when I first heard punk rock with violin, I was like, how is that gonna, I don't understand but they nail it. I mean, it's like, it fits in there and you can hear it miraculously. Um, Mm -hmm. and, uh, and I think the thing I like about them the most is it was the first like punk rock kind of pop punk band that had a lot of dynamics for me, Mm -hmm. which I'll talk about as we talk track by track and stuff. Uh, they didn't just have a, uh, a kind of token slow song on the record and that's it. It was like dynamic dynamics within songs. They were, I feel like they were always really good at. And so, that just kind of immediately attracted me to him because I hadn't really heard all the other stuff I'd listened to Green Day, Blink-22. Um, most of them were like fast paced the whole time. There wasn't a lot of other than like Green Day's Good Riddance. It's like that's their kind of ballet song. That's it. Uh, but, you know, it's it's mostly uh, big, heavy guitars the whole time. And that's great. I like that, too. But this was just a different thing. And this album specifically was like you talk about a ramp up from one for the kids because you're right. Not very polished to the EP I can't remember the name of. <laughs> underdog. That's it. Underdog. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Uh the Underdog EP which I loved. I I just uh I thought that was so good. And so then but then this was even like a bigger jump. I mean from from that Underdog EP which was great. I really liked it. Um but man, Neil Avron is uh just at this, I think at, this is probably the point where I'm certainly paying attention to that stuff and I then followed most of the stuff that he put out from then on cuz I just think he the guitars are phenomenal and the drums sound great. And the violin is always there in the mix. Like, I don't know how you have that beefy of guitars and still have room for the, the violin to cut through the way it does, but it's fantastic. So, um, yeah, just really unique. I liked, I liked it from the very first go. I'm with you. It was not, uh, didn't think there was a stinker on it. And it was, it was cool to see cause I was young. So, I mean, uh, when we played that show with them, I just graduated high school mm-hmm. and then, uh, I don't know. This just felt like we, you know, it's like we hung played with them then hung out. They're just like, you know what? That's like a 200 person crowd or something like there that. Oh yeah. They that, were touring. That night. They were touring in a mini Winnie. Yeah. And RV. then, and then a year from there, you know, see them again and they're, you know, selling out a much bigger venue and then there's a line around the block. And then within a couple months of that, they're, they're number one on TRL and, uh, have a platinum record. <laughs> so that's a cool, you're like, Oh man, that makes you feel like you could do it too. Maybe, you know, you kind of see them, uh, no, that, that's and, exactly what I'm saying. Like it, that uh, yeah. actually, I know we're like getting off in the weeds here, but I just wanted to say this one thing. So we were at, um, this like a junket thing in LA, like where, where you like go and you show off your record to different labels. And I remember, um, we met, Ron Israel, I think is his name, who had signed them to Capitol Records, and it, that we had just found out that they had gotten signed, and so we were like, we were like, we wanted to meet him, and we we're like, hey, you're the guy that signed Yellow Card, right? Like, and he was like, yeah, he was, he had like the flu that day, and so Ooh. he couldn't, so so the time where we were supposed to play our record for him, like he he had left. 
Like we, yeah. he, he, had do, he had done the Q and A, and we were so excited because we had picked him out to be like the Monier one of our. Yeah you, yeah, you had to pick three people that you could play your record for. And uh, I remember Steve-O raised his hand and goes, hey, what's the deal with yellow card? Like, And I looked at Steve, I was like, oh, my God, what kind of question is that? And he was like, they're phenomenal. They're the hardest working guys in show business, and no one works as hard as them. I mean, he, he like, totally loved those guys. So they, they sure proved it, man. Hey, that reminded me of one more funny yellow card story. Do you remember being stuck in traffic in L.A. and seeing Ben oh, Harper in his car, and Steve-O yes. got out to give him a CD? <laughs> Of course. <laughs> on like, on like, I don't know. We weren't on the 405. It wasn't a highway, but it was uh, like, you know, just parked in yep. LA uh, on the road. <laughs> no, I can see it right now. It was an infinity. Yeah, it was after he left uh, Yellow Card and was doing, uh, what was that record label that he was uh, running? I forgot the name of it. Oh, that's um, unfortunate. Yeah. Hey, guys, I feel like that. I feel like you both did it. You showed your cards, so I should show mine. <laughs> and I, there, I do think there's a week song oh, on this okay. Album. oh okay well so you will save You'll it be, don't yeah. tell us right now what it is no i'm okay? not going to i i just wanted i i wanted to also uh foreshadow yeah i'm excited um well shall we just go to track by track then and let's do and it yeah not wait not make anyone wait any longer um, <laughs> wait one more story about my youth <laughs> 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 no one cares. Uh, okay, well, so let's uh, just jump right into the first track. Here's Way Way. What do you think? Uh, I'm way away into it. <laughs> that was a stretch. Uh, I told you it was coming, and there where it is. Do you, where do you get these ideas, man? I just want to be in your mind. I'm way, I'm way away into it, uh, dude. It's awesome. It's such a, it's such a great first track, and like, um, you know, I guess, I guess I don't know too many records with just a terrible first track. But man, that's yeah. a good one. That's a good introduction, and uh, I think it's a great introduction to uh, Chris. You would know more about this, but LP just sounds like he can freaking drum, dude. Like he is very good. He, he's killing it on this song, and yeah, I'm super into it. Like this, they had me. They had my full attention. Yeah, I was this. gonna say. I think it's a really not only a good first track of the record it's a really good introduction to this band if you hadn't heard them before it's got kind of all the things they do really well so it's got awesome drum parts like kind of complicated intricate stuff that lp played it's got a violin hook so like Mm -hmm. right away you're like oh there's a violin right there it's not even like um you know something corporate had the punk rock with a piano, but like pianos get just buried in the mix in a rock band. It's hard to like have it out front kind of thing, but this was like, there's the violin. It is right there. It's not a gimmick. Uh, very sing alongable melodies. Uh, awesome bass tone, by the way, on the, on the verses. I love that. Oh yeah. Uh, especially that first one. 
and uh, and a great bridge, which I'll we'll probably talk about over and over again because I think it's uh, Ryan Key's superpower is writing great bridges. It was hard not to pick bridges for every single thirty second clip that we're going to play for this podcast. Blake uh, so is I, like crazy insane for yellow card bridges. He talks about it all the time. I he, do. He had a, he testified in church about it. He was like, <laughs> I just had something on my heart right now. Something I just want to reveal. <laughs> Hey guys, really, I am I am all the people in that Saturday Night Live Weezer sketch. I'm all of them. I'm 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 the I'm the old school Weezer fan. I'm the new school Weezer fan. I'm also the person that's like, hey guys, remember Yellow Card? <laughs> I'm all doing some pretty cool stuff time, right now. At one time, somehow. It's a ba- yeah, it's a banger. This song is crazy. You're right, dude. LP is an incredible drummer and very. Um, you know, the great thing about drummers of this era were the guys that could play that technical stuff without like over stepping, stepping over the other musicians in the band. Um, I know that uh, that's partly Avron's job too, but um, it's just like really technically good, but it doesn't like just destroy like, you know, the rest of the song. It's, it's just, it's in there. It's in the pocket. It's good. Um, He's good about doing it at the spots that it's appropriate. Totally. Well, and this song is like the like lyrically. This is like just about like getting out of town or like getting. I think I think half this record's about moving to California, right? They moved to California uh, before they did this record to kind of try to go out to LA and make it. And so you can tell that a lot of this record's about uh, having done that. Yeah, because I I don't think it's any secret that like he later like that whole record that came after this is about them hating LA. Right, but so, I feel like this yeah. song was like I feel like th- there was one guy that like from their high school that saw him at the mall and was like, "You guys kind of suck," and they were like, "You know <laughs> what?" And he like wrote this song down. I mean, he's like, I don't know. It's a great way to start out a record. I like it. God, the ball. No, guys, it is. I love it. As strong a first track as uh, we've done some records some, with some really good first tracks, but it's not only like I said, good track for the record. It's a good intro to the band, in my opinion. Um, shall we go to breathing? We shall. Shall. For you to call your own. I can feel you breathing. And it's keeping me awake. Can you feel it beating? My heart sinking like a wave. Chris, let's go to you. Uh, two two minor chord songs from the get go. Too bold move. I like yeah. it. Uh, this song still gives me goosebumps. I, I love it when you like write. Uh, sorry, love it slash super jealous and hate it when you write an amazing chorus and then you can bring it in like on the third chorus and you have like a B section of the chorus that's like also really cool. Um, it kind of makes me want to like like just jump up and down like oh you guys already wrote a great hook and now you just like added this other hook onto it. Uh, I don't know, man. <laughs> the, the songs, yeah, that that. Great, great song. And once again, two minor songs to start off a punk rock record. No better way to do it. Minor uh, chord Kyle. is what I meant by that. Um, I, I know what you mean. I'm <laughs> violin to it. <laughs> hey, guys, everybody, just so you know, uh, Kyle's notes accidentally got deleted for these shows. He's, he's doing this <laughs> awesome memory. And that is, that is the truth. <laughs> so I believe I'm violin to this one. And... Um, it, it's it's freaking awesome, but I will say, I, I don't need my notes to remember the outro on this dude is just fantastic. 
the violin part. Um, it's it's awesome. Yeah, I this so this is a really good example of the dynamic thing I was talking about a little bit ago. Is that like this song is again like comes right in rocking, but by that I guess it's a third verse that goes into the where it's just like the violin, it's just like violin viola cello uh-huh. or whatever playing. That's an awesome dynamic between mm-hmm. like they're literally rocking out and then they just go to like straight strings and vocals and go back into that heavy chorus, and that's such a like I said, I had not listened to many rock bands that did that really well. Foo Fighters are maybe the other one that I think are really good at that. It's kind of like, they're pretty good about jumping, like being quiet, loud, and having good dynamics and stuff like that. Maybe be another band that I was... But most people are one or the other, you know? Kind of going hard all the time, or they have that one kind of ballad thing. But man, it's just uh, such a cool spot. Uh, this was a hard one for me to pick 30-second clips on, because uh, that intro is awesome, the outro is awesome. The third verse is awesome. There's really not a bad uh, 10 seconds on the song. So Also, anyone that has a significant other or a dog, how freaking relatable is this chorus? I can feel you <laughs> breathing and it's keeping me awake. Man. <laughs> a dog. <laughs> like, you ever been breathed on while you're trying to fall asleep? I don't feel like he was saying it in the annoyed sense that you are. <laughs> well, you know. I'm just saying the song has changed. For Maybe me it over was. Time. Maybe I read it wrong. Maybe I always assumed it was like. Are you a saying? Sweet are you saying this thing. song is timeless? Yeah, timeless. that's what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, yeah. From it's your, held up. <laughs> yeah, I can hear you breathing, my senior dogs, and I just—it's uh, keeping me awake, man. I'm never gonna. I'm, <laughs> I am never gonna listen to this song again without thinking of a dog panting on Kyle. <laughs> yeah. It's not even hot in here. Why are you panting? Freaking ti- tigers in the middle over here of the night. On me. Oh yeah. my gosh. Okay. Uh, so that's breathing. Uh, let's go on to Ocean Avenue. I'm. I don't know why I'm waiting for approval. I've got the button here, guys. You have yeah, my fine. Go. All right. Here we go. I mean, I is this a perfect song? Yep. Yeah. Uh, I'm really not trying to overstate that, but I no. picked the bridge because I, that bridge gives me goosebumps mm-hmm. every I have time now. I listen to it. It's that guitar and drum part, and then into the clean guitar, into some more LP awesome fills. The background the right vocal. Times. The background vocal uh, and seeing, yeah, screaming this at the top of our lungs at that last tour, Chris, was like magical. It was, uh, I mean, literally, you know, everyone sings that that background vocal part, but the whole crowd singing that. Uh, Anyway, it's just, it's a perfect song. They nailed it. They deserve to sell a million records for this song alone. Uh, But then the rest of it's really good, too. I also think just... The, the fact that they knew like that vocal part is so small in the song it's awesome it's it's perfect yeah. but it's so small and the fact that they knew that it was awesome and that every like that their fans if they told them to sing it they were going to sing it at the top of their lungs you know what yeah. i mean like it, it's it's perfect in the song it's not super loud but it's something that 
at the live show they're gonna freaking go crazy for and it 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 was awesome every time chris well you guys talked about well you guys talked about the song so i'll talk about the video because once again this is kind of early into the uh like when pop punk's kind of like picking up pace and we're like wait is the music that we like getting popular everywhere blink 22 pull them to the side they were kind of an anomaly like these guys were like you know the guys that grinded it out somebody is popular <laughs> i am i have i have i have silenced it and it won't stop <laughs> my god um, i don't think you have <laughs> i don't think you know what that word means um but I'm... yeah uh so the the uh this was still when videos were like kind of a big deal. Like you oh, a huge had to deal. spend some money on it and everything. And uh, you know, the video for this record was so cool. Like all the guys looked so cool. And um, what this, this guy did some other videos that the sheep was always in them, right? Yeah. Like, he did this. He did brand news. Yeah. Uh, Sick transit Gloria. He did a couple other yellow card ones too. And then, uh, and then, so like this band, this like little band from Florida that used to send you a sticker for, you know, just emailing them and like they're on TRL and then they're number one on TRL. I just remember thinking like, wow, this is so freaking cool. And the song, of course, I mean, you guys already covered the song. The song's freaking phenomenal. Like this is the anthem, the pop punk anthem of, uh, forever. Yeah. I mean, it, yeah. I, uh, like Blake said, we, even in, in our thirties when we went, uh, to go see them, like I, I just felt like a little kid again, such a great yeah. song. Yeah. Per- it's perfect bridge, man. Oh, yep. everything's yeah. There's nothing. I mean, there's not, everything's great. There's nothing bad on it. Uh, yeah, it's still it has not grown old after uh, all these years. I mean, yeah, literally seventeen years now. So, uh, I'm all I'm all in on Ocean Avenue. The uh, the song. Uh, let's go to Empty Apartment. Kyle, do you have any uh, notes that you wrote down and then lost and but still remember? Man, I just I really dig that baseline and and um it, it it's a great song and Chris, you were talking about like just remembering uh that time and and like these bands getting popular like is the music I I like really getting popular and and like this particular song is special to me because I was dating my wife she lived she lived in an apartment down the street from my apartment and it was like that song that i listened to and i thought about her so it's it, it's a nostalgia bomb for me chris oh that's really sweet i don't have that like is a really sweet How are you gonna that's that, like yeah. yeah um well i just think it's a perfect example of like this band being uh dynamic um because the it's not a ballad per se but it's like chill like they just like rocked out three songs yeah balls yeah. to the wall and and then they bring it in like uh, if you've ever been in a band like playing a song like at this tempo with uh clean guitars and like like trying to make it sound good it's not it's actually a way harder to make a song like this than it is to make an ocean avenue song i'm not talking about writing it i'm talking about like the dynamics of it right and and they uh pull it off really well and yeah it's just it's just a really sweet song too obviously kyle 
has the way better story. I can't attach it to any personal memory other than I just like the song. Yeah, it's good. I don't have uh, I don't have any specific notes about it. It's just it's a good song. I it's not my favorite on the record necessarily, but um, I think it's just because it feels a little out of place for some reason for me still. It's not, and it's not because of the chillness of it, because like the other ones that are, uh, it just, there's something a little different about it. I don't know if it's that uh, they didn't, I feel like that electric should have been an acoustic, but maybe I'm just, maybe, maybe I'm wrong about that. It's just strumming the whole Hmm. time. It feels, I don't know, maybe that's just a weird note that doesn't mean anything. Hmm. I trust, I trust Neil Avron. He was right. I was wrong. (laughs) Uh, let's go to life of a salesman. Mr. Monier. Okay, so I've got two amazing notes about this song, and you're going to be sad you had me go first because you're not going to have anything to say. Uh, that's um, unfortunate. First of all, this is one of the greatest songs from that decade to open your concert with because you come out after sound check and you just play that opening riff on the guitar for a few times, just like kind of oh, let it yeah. swell, and you let the kids like just get all stoked because like they're used to it doing two times, and you do it three, four, five. How many times are we going to do it? Um, and they, they opened their warp tour set with this song. And I just remember thinking it was crazy. My other note is there's another band from this era called the good Charlotte's, um, <laughs> twin brothers who, uh, they, they refer to their father a lot in, in music unfondly, if you remember fondly. Yes. So I always thought the song was kind of funny. Cause I was just like Ryan Key's dad. He was like, my dad was all right. <laughs> I kind of like him. <laughs> <laughs> he that did was, a good job. <laughs> that was one of my notes: is that you don't hear a lot of "Thanks for Being a Good Dad" songs. It's like that yeah. Chris Rock bit about how Mama gets all the songs, but Daddy doesn't get anything but the big piece of chicken. That's <laughs> all Daddy gets. <laughs> uh, and I feel like this is yeah, you're right. Most of it is like yeah, this your thing you mentioned on another podcast, Chris, where it's like, uh, you know, fathers that abandon their children and then they get these like, you know, prolific songwriters cause their childhoods were terrible. Uh, but yeah, this is a nice, uh, thanks dad for being a good dad song. And you're right. I never thought about the comparison to good Charlotte though. <laughs> that's, that's pretty funny. Uh, Kyle, uh, thoughts on life of a salesman. So here we go, guys. This song for me, Everything about it is perfect, except for the chorus. I don't care for the chorus. You don't like the it's chorus? The, it's the, it, for me, it's the imperfect part of this record. And it's it, like, I like the melody. It's the words. I just, it just kind yeah. of grates me wrong. Like, yeah. I, I love the verse. I love the intro. I, I love the music to this song. But like, the father, I, I know this sounds weird, but it sounds like, it sounds like he's trying to copy like an like an Irish bar song. You know what I mean? Like, and it maybe, has that maybe, way to it, yeah. And and it's just like it's the it is the only part of this record that I kind of am like, uh, like I'm not into that. And and I like the melody just fine. It's just I don't know. Everything about this song is so good, 
that I don't think the chorus is good enough for me. How about that guitar solo though? It's freaking awesome. I mean, <laughs> that is it's all, and, it's and all for also, daddy. I'm being I'm being I'm being picky, right? Like yeah. I I'm just I'm just saying that like on a perfect record, that's going to be my nitpicky note that like I think the songwriter that uh that Ryan Key is, he he could have done better. But um but the song in general and as a whole is great. I just I the chorus, man the weakest part think- and that's weird for me because the hook is the weakest part of the song and that's like does this song sound to you like one of those records where or sorry one of the songs where like they had all the pieces together and they just couldn't get that last to- piece in totally and they kind of totally. came up with it in the in the yes. studio like we need and, a chorus for this song and i'm not even saying like i guess i'm not even saying it's bad i'm just no, no, saying right. in comparison to the rest of the song it's like it just doesn't do it for me like i'm like yeah, get back to that guitar part get back to get back to the verse because it's so cool i'm bored with your hook and it's you know it's it's a hook you know what i mean like it should be the hook anyway sorry I do like the double time in the choruses because uh, I think that's the first time we really hear that on this record. And then speaking of that solo, I mean, I don't know that I'd really listen to a punk rock band that freaking shredded like that. Like New Found Glory had that influence, but they didn't ever like have they could this, They couldn't play that way. They didn't have and, this And now solo. he plays for them. Really? Weird. What, now who? Ryan Key plays for New Found Glory Oh, now. that's right. That's right. I, I, I was thinking that. backwards. Yeah, dude. Now, you, he, Kyle's mentioned this before, I think, in with the, probably the Newfound Glory podcast. Uh-huh. Did you mention that? Yeah, yeah. I missed that, obviously. Yeah, because um, I told you I went to see them, and you did. You weren't there, and I, you missed him playing and singing backgrounds. It's like I the best everything. Then. It's, yeah, that it was the best fantastic. of both worlds, man. I'm a big Ryan Key fan. Yeah, I should have been there. Um, should have been for, there. Thanks for the invite. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh. Uh, uh, anyway, let's go to uh, everyone's favorite mid-tempo ballad from 2003, <laughs> Only One. Chris is rolling his eyes at me uh, because I picked the bridge again, probably. <laughs> I was just I, no, I was rolling my eyes at how perfect that is. <laughs> again, another another how part that gives me that chills crap every time. When you're like 20 years old, like that, it's the the violin and the uh, guitar following each other. Yeah, that's freaking legendary stuff right there. Yeah, that's why I picked that. I just thought it was such a good example of how the violin works so well in this band, and it's not token. It's it's literally like, oh, let's have these this back and forth harmonizing thing, call and answer thing, and it. I mean, it sounds phenomenal too. It doesn't like it sounds really good. He's a good violin player too. He's not uh, he's not some schmo. Just it's not like you know when I heard punk rock with the violin, the, the like the tagline the first time. It sounded like it was going to be like, oh, our friend plays violin. <laughs> and that's the only, <laughs> and like, it's just kind of there. You know, it's kind of like the well, ska guy saw, that danced. We, yeah. We all saw those bands from the era that were like clearly like a punk band, but their friend was like, I've got a Moog. And they were just like, okay, cool. <laughs> yeah. Just, yeah. Uh, throw some be, stuff on there. Count on that. Yeah. Yeah. Just or hit it, like, hit it how, in the right key. 
how every other band was like, we need a bass player. Like, uh, I, I'm a guitarist. I can play bass. You know, it's like that kind of thing. It's like, there's always like that. And I just assumed that was maybe what was going on here. It's not. He's phenomenal. Uh, and this is a great example. It's a really good song. I mean, uh, I was a little older at this point, you know, 19 or 20 ish. And, uh, but man, to be in middle school at this time, that would have been my, my jam that I would have probably uh, put on a mixtape for a lady, a lady being a seventh grader at the, if I was in middle school, but you know what I mean? Uh, it's a good song. Middle school dance song. Kyle thoughts, any, uh, I have that it is a, I'm going to bring it back a mixtape must. Oh yeah. Uh, Mm -hmm. you got, you got to put that on the old mixtape. Um, and honestly you guys may disagree, but I think that the song is so perfect and so great that they should not have tried to make a music video because I feel like it falls so short. It did. Um, so it, it's a terrible, uh. terrible tragedy of a music video. It's like uh, the episode of The Office where Michael Scott makes his own Dunder <laughs> Mifflin commercial and like he's trying to touch on these things and make these powerful moments yeah. and they're just laughable instead of actually being powerful. What? And I... I feel he, like, like that's put a flower in a gun. In a, it was, in a like, tank. It was anti-war. You gotta understand. It's two thousand. I know, it's but two thousand four like, when this comes out. So, this but it is did. Like, but it didn't work. That's no, it didn't work like, at all. Oh, First was, of all, because this was, is, I it's it's weird to have a song that's like so obviously about a girl. I mean, yes. like, and then to be like, this is our anti-war video. It's like, dude, what? It, it, this they, isn't American it, idiot, guys. You can't. <laughs> They like, mi- they missed it by a mile with that. Like the video is horrific. Kyle, do you think if the video had been just like a love video with like a model or something that double platinum would help them? You re- yeah, I, I I feel the same way. Yeah, I think I think they missed. And this an was still there. a really big song for them. It's not like it oh, did yeah, yeah. them a lot. But of, it's a like, terrible harm, video. But it's not a good video. I agree. It, and it was saying, it was a time it. where a good video could do that for it, you. That's what I right. I think that that's hard to realize now. But like at that time, you could like you could make a break with, totally. with just like a solid video. I, I'm trying to think of a really good example right now. Well, um, I mean, OK I Go built their career on videos. It's the same year. The middle. The middle's a great the example. Middle. That's yeah. a great song, but that video was the video was phenomenal. Very important. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. And, and well, not only was a really good video because there were a lot of videos that were good that didn't have anything to do with the song. The middle was such a good video because it was the perfect video for that specific subject matter yeah. of the song about not fitting in and it being stupid to try to fit in with a bunch of people that are in their underwear or whatever. But right. Yeah, this how one, do, how do you, how could you so perfectly? Well, I guess we'll have to talk about this some other time. But yeah, you're like, hey, we want hot models in the video, but we also want to show about how it's an underdog. And somebody's like, I've got it. Yeah, we dude, can do both. <laughs> I remember because they were getting TRL love, and I remember being excited. And, Me too. And anticipating this video, because I knew this song was going to be huge. And it, yeah. and the vid, it was such a letdown. Like, what did I? What did I just watch? Like, he was play, play uh, the real video, guys. Uh, you know what? Hey, thanks for taking a chance, Ryan. I mean, I, I appreciate it. You went out yeah. and put yourself out there. Hey, you feel miserable, hey. but it's all right. War's over. <laughs> you did you it, did buddy. It. <laughs> you did it. Yeah. Wait, is that one over? Where... <laughs> well, I can't remember. Uh, technically, <laughs> we were. Um, I just. I, this is one of those things where it's interesting. I look. It's one of those things where I feel like bands. People all the time are like, you know, stay in your lane or whatever about politics or whatever the thing is at the time. 
and I I do not begrudge anyone for for jumping into their political no me neither if that's what they want to do but I will say when it's then detrimental to you don't whine about it <laughs> if that makes sense like there's nothing worse than the like we went out there and told half of the country that they were idiots and then some people didn't buy our records and I don't think that's not what happened here I don't think that the video like they were still very successful and went platinum but I agree a better video might have made it even better but this was kind of that time when uh that w- that was happening some it ha- happened with the Dixie Chicks and they were like why won't anyone buy our records I was like maybe because you just told all your fans they're idiots or whatever like don't maybe which is like I said it's fine get political if that's what you want to do but just know it can be detrimental to your you know well uh, and for me on this one it wasn't like yes some of like I guess some of it being political was weird to me but it like it didn't go with the song no yeah, it was that's just exactly what, yeah. the wrong it was just the, the wrong, wrong video yeah. yeah and it's different like on the next record he has a song about like clearly like sending these kids off to war and it makes it's fine it's the song about that if this video was with that song it'd be fine like i don't think it would be the same of course it wouldn't have been a single either because it wasn't it was it was okay but it wasn't only one you know but he took they i mean this was their jam this was the ballad this was the one that number three dude number three is the one that gets you the big bucks and and like they they blew it in my opinion on on the video they blew it yeah i hadn't really thought about that but that is a really good point uh kyle i'm i'm with you on that uh, I, sure. I, but the, it is one of the best mid tempo ballads of the decade, right? Totally. I mean, would yeah, we yeah. agree with that? It's it's a great song. It's yep. so, and it's like it a deserved better. At the top Blake. of your lungs in the car. I mean, it's. I can't tell you how many times I've sang this so loud in my car. Well, and and I want to say something because I, I think it's important to say. And Kyle, let me know if you agree with me. But at that time, I was. And I'm not trying to get political. I just want to just say this for the sake of saying it. I was very anti-war and very anti-George Bush, and I rolled my eyes all the way to the back of my head when I saw this. So I even agreed with the guy, and I was like, geez, dude, come on. Yeah. Get over yourself. Yeah. <laughs> That's, so I, I, I want to say, like, this is a – like, I was even like, yeah, dude, I totally – I'm with you on this. But well, no, not this time, not now. <laughs> missed the mark yeah it, it didn't work well and yeah and yeah it's just super interesting we'll and get to in the in that, the worst in the worst possible way too right like in it was like self-important like yeah we've we've got to take this chance and make a serious video and like you can have a bad video that's great because it's so bad this is not the case. This is just a bad, well, or doesn't, or doesn't make any sense. I mean, all the time totally. videos that's just like I don't know what was going on in that video. They're like a cologne commercial or something, but or like, every tool video. <laughs> I'm trying to, yeah, exactly. Uh, like yeah. who? I don't know what's happening. Or uh, yeah, there's a lot of good examples of, and really a lot of the other ones had some cool music, like some cool visuals and stuff in it. But they were yeah. just recreating these like classic protest things. And yeah, you're right. It didn't really say much to me. So I I had forgotten about that. But obviously. Uh, that's not a good thing. Probably, I'll never forget about that. Yeah, no, it. I, I that uh, when I hear this song, I still see that flower, and I still. I'm, just like, uh. <laughs> I'm like, dude, that tank would blow your arm off, dude. Yeah. That is a bad decision. <laughs> okay, let's go two miles apart.
barely got in there on the clip, but I love the little muted guitar line. Oh, they're awesome. It's such a cool syncopated thing going on. Uh, that's that's my first note. Uh, Chris, what are your notes on Miles Apart? I was going to mention the same thing. It's the yeah. little things that make such a difference. The uh, seasoning. Yes, yeah. You know, like like the condiments. Um, no, no, that doesn't play right. No, Not yeah. the condiments. It's seasoning. I'd call that it's seasoning. seasoning. Yeah, but it's like you, you, you just, you're like, it's already a great song, but you just added a little touch. It made it just great. Uh, this is one of those choruses that when you hear it, you're like, have I heard this before? It's just so good and timeless that it just feels like something you've heard a million times. And it's, uh, you know, something that every human being on the planet Earth can relate to. Just being away from somebody you care about. Uh, wonderful song. Kyle. Uh, I believe my note for this one that got deleted was violins begets violins. And that is all. <laughs> That's it? <laughs> no, no. The, 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 the freaking guitar part, the, the, the fiddle part, it's, it's an awesome song. And honestly, I didn't have this in my notes, but this chorus to me, uh, Chris, you mentioned like it's just kind of perfect. To me, like this chorus is so good. Like they sh- they could have done something like this on um life on the salesman. life of a salesman for me. Like and it's even kind of similar vibe. So like that, I think that's I think that's why I was mad at him for life of a salesman because this one's this one's great. Again, with the dynamics specifically going into that last chorus, how the bridge cuts out and it's just uh, like the background vocals and uh, it's it's a really cool once again really cool dynamics. Uh, it's not just clean guitar, dirty guitar, or uh, acoustic in the bridge or something like that. It's just like they change temp—not change tempos, but change like rhythms and, and and instrumentation, and obviously let the strings generally shine on those kind of parts. Um, and it doesn't feel. What's weird is that once you have a violin player in your band, putting strings anywhere is not weird. You know, every other yeah. band when they have strings on a song, you're like, oh, cool, they got strings for this song. But like when you got a violin player. You know, it's not weird to throw strings on a song or two. Um, so yeah, I, I'm I'm into it. Uh, it's a cool uh, and a good way to follow up only one too. It's a good, uh, uh, you know, good tempo change and stuff like that. Just kind of a poppy, bouncy song that makes you feel good. I also love I the vocal part at the end, the outro. I and I love how he switches it up the second time through the lyrics. Yep. He changes it just a little bit. It's it's awesome. Well, and Again. the guitar, the guitar tone, and and the guitar uh, chord progression there, like how it gets. I don't know, man. These guys are freaking so cool on this record. Like everything's so great. Yeah, and I and I want to know. I mean, I because I couldn't find anything about this. I, I wonder how much Neil Avron helped them shape these songs. I don't know. I have no idea. I mean, I can hear the progression from um, one for the kids into that underdog EP, and then into this. This seems like a pretty big leap. And I wonder mm. how much of that is Neil Avron going like, hey, guys, you need to whatever, have a better this part. Or that there needs to be another guitar part that's not just that rhythm or whatever. So not writing it, know. but challenging no, no, just, them a little yeah, bit. Like, hey, them. you can do yeah. a little better. Well, and I know these guys had like a pretty sweet budget for this record and some time to work on it. Um, yeah. Actually, do you remember we were at the studio that they recorded it at. That's where Happy Endings was recording. Oh, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they, because they had the platinum record on the wall, yeah. And so I know that they got some time to go in there and just like think about things and like work through some things, and they spent their time well. 
Yeah, and obviously they liked working with Neil Avron. They went and did every other record with him that they did mm-hmm. from then on. So, yeah. uh, so obviously, I think you don't do that unless that producer is basically like another member of the band at that point. Yep. I mean, that it seems like they obviously work well together, and uh, yeah. So I, I just I'm always curious what what role he played because it's not like this is a different band than we heard before, but it's certainly uh, not only more polished on the production, but even just the like. Like I said, there's not a wasted second of some of these songs or anything that sounds like a, I mean, other than Kyle's note on maybe life of a salesman, him, him not feeling like that chorus is up to the par of some of the other ones. It doesn't feel like anything's wasted or that they just like half-assed something yeah. on this record, you know, to me at least. So uh, also go, in oh. case anybody needs to hear this, uh, that's like that critique is coming from a dude who has written many throwaway <laughs> songs. Um, I, like I'm, I'm only criticizing it for, for what it is on a nearly perfect record. That's 100% the way I took it. Like, okay. yeah, no, you can't, no one you thinks can't, you're saying he's like, bad no one steps up to the plate and hits a home run every hit. Yeah. Like, it's yeah. okay. You're like, oh, it's a, like a stand up double. It's yeah, right. exactly. Stand up double. <laughs> yeah. All right, let's go to 23 featuring Sean Mackin on vocals. Chris, dude, that song makes you. That song makes you feel twenty three. It's so good. I like that they. They let them. Uh, that that they that that you know changing up the singers. It's I don't know, man. That it's um, I this I don't know. I I think this is one of the cooler songs on the record. It's a little different, but it's still like, um, you mentioned Blake on um, you know, song about dad, the double time. Yep. And the like, I, I, I you know not. Not a lot of platinum selling records have <laughs> the forbidden beat in it, and you know this. Uh, this song features it and features it well. Yeah, and more song. harmonizing guitar oh, yeah, and violin. I mean, yeah. Why would you not do that all the time? It's like Def Leppard, but with a violin instead of one of them being guitars. It's awesome. I love it, uh, Kyle. Okay, I could be wrong, and I would love for someone if someone could verify this. I I would be forever grateful. I think this is the song because it's such a mosh feeling song, that chorus. I think this is the song that Ryan Key says, tear this bitch down. You think and they then, closed with 23? Dude, I, they, may, they may have, okay? Like, maybe, and maybe that was a pre-encore last song. I, I don't know. I can, I can see it because, you know, one of their big things at this time was him doing the flips and doing the stuff. So maybe like him... I, I I like Kyle's idea. I feel like this would be a good pre like we're gonna let him sing. He's gonna do a backflip, like. And I'm pre-encore. gonna tell everyone. <laughs> yeah. But wait, would he tell everyone to tear this bitch down before the encore? Well, okay. Either w- here's the thing: no matter how you slice it, he's either telling them to tear it down during the song that he's playing, or you know before the encore. Neither really makes total sense as far as sound goes, you know what I mean? I just remember being floored by it. And I feel like this, 
this chorus is like very mosh pity. Am I wrong? Oh, well, yeah, oh, absolutely. And, that, and, not, and the freaking intro, to, uh, the pre-chorus. Right. We're gonna great put mouth together, guitar. Yeah, we're gonna put together a, a super cut of all of our uh, mouth instruments on this <laughs> <laughs> podcast of us mimicking song parts uh, with our voices, and it's all oh! terrible. That was one of my notes from earlier. Ocean Avenue is one of the easiest mouth parts ever. I feel like we should have kept going. We're going to record that and we're going to release it. That's the no that's the intro. It's going to be all a cappella with us singing. Hey, we're getting the band back together. That's Pony Sweat Love Machine, guys. Yes it is. Yeah. That's uh, our side project. <laughs> right. Uh, any other thoughts on 23 before we move on? Going once. No, okay. Uh, we're moving on then to View from Heaven. Oh, that's sweet. Uh, Chris. We're getting country in here. This one's yeah. got a little twang to it. That's a fiddle. How do that's they pull that off? That's different than a violin. How, did they, how does this song fit on the record? It's, uh, it's great. It's a great tune. It, yeah, in no way does this make sense that it fits on the record, but I love it. Yeah. And, uh, and it's like a really uh, very... I can't think of another obviously obvious song about someone dying that's as feel good as this if that makes sense like it's just it mm-hmm. um anyway again a, a serious you know i'm not saying they were a serious band you know what i mean like but yeah um it felt like blink way too for them to have the song about someone dying it was like the serious song on the record and this feels oh, like yeah you could tell from the minute the guitar not, like the, the guitar tone you're like oh this song's going yeah, like song yeah. or whatever yeah. but uh you know this one just it it feels like lighthearted and uh but it like it yeah it fits it's a really good song Kyle um it's awesome it's such a good like mid tempo song for them to go from rocking so hard right into this and it to be so good i i think songs I think this kind of tempo is one of the harder songs to write. And like, it's interesting that, and also in your guys' opinion, have you ever heard a guest background vocal kill it like that? I mean, it just makes the song. And what's so wild is she's like, did you, did you fall down the the rabbit hole of trying to find her at all? No, but I know, I know she's the bassist sister. The new bassist, oh. not the bassist that played on the record, but she's the bassist that replaced him, sister. From, so I'm sure it was just the, like, so the dude from Reeve Oliver. Yeah. Okay, uh, that makes sense. Alex. Yeah, I forget his last it's name. Alex. Wi- Wi- Windvelt. Wi- Lewis. It's, it's Alex very, Lewis. Well, her name is very Swedish sounding, yes. or like, yeah. and and like she's not on anything else. I'm sure. I did it was a little like, deep dive trying to find her. Hey, we need a girl to sing on this, or maybe Neil Avron. She maybe this is Neil Avron. It. Yeah, she it would, freaking killed it. It would not surprise me if this is like a, like I said, we are just totally speculating. 
it would not surprise me if Neil Ivern goes like, we need a girl for this. And at that point, they've got Alex. Because I guess, I, it sounds like Pete's bass parts got cut, and then he was kind of out. I don't think he like was in the whole record kind of process, maybe, even. Um, so, you know, maybe they're just like, my sister sings. But she like, came in and sang like that, and they were like, yeah. First well, then, of yeah, all, they're not, they weren't superstars when they're making this record. Yeah. So it was just like, who can sing? Does anyone, like, this seems like we could do something cool here with a, with a female vocalist. It's perfect. It's, and yeah. it's, and it's not even, yes, it's angelic. And it's not even, um, it's, it's like not just a background part. It's almost, there's like some call and response stuff on it. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, yeah. So it's, it's it is a lead, it's almost a lead shared vocal on a band's like swinging for the fences debut, which is so freaking cool. And then this chick falls off the face of the earth. Well, I mean, or she's like, nah, I don't want to sing again. I I made a pretty good song. Well, and also like when you're listening to it, like, you know how sometimes on songs you can just tell, like, you can just like see them looking at each other, like singing it. And like, you could just see like that. They were like, yes, this song needed you exactly. This is perfect. And she sounds like she's having so much fun. Yeah, it's Johnny and June Carter, man. That's what it uh, sounds yeah. like. It is kind of. I mean, they really. <laughs> That's a good they, call. They sound really good together. Uh, the freaking "We Need You Here" when she when she does that part, it's just it's it's perfect, man. Yeah. And I think that it sounds. I mean, I'm not 100 percent sure. I'm pretty sure on some of this, it's like uh, you know the typical Ryan Key doing his own background vocals kind of thing. Just most people do that kind of thing. Uh-huh. But I think on this song, it sounds like it's like Sean and uh-huh. her doing the background vocals, which I, I kind of like when they, I'm always partial to, if you've got guys in the band that can sing and do harmonies, like have them do the harmonies on the record. I just kind of like how people's voices blend together. Sometimes totally. more than if it's just me stacking on top of me kind of thing uh, as the, as the singer. So uh, let's go to inside out. I'm sorry that I keep picking bridges, guys. I can't Dude, help it. It's like his to. superpower. They're oh. so good, and he, and and he continues this throughout the rest of their career. I mean, oh, like, dude, for sure. He's writing a bridge right now. He probably yeah, is somewhere. He's somewhere writing a bridge right now. And I want to know. I just have to know, and I probably never will. But if I ever meet him, I just want to be like, when do these bridges get written? Is this like a mm-hmm. you have the verse and the chorus and you have everything? Because I'm always half-assing a bridge. Always. It's like, like maybe it's sil- maybe it's like it's, sil- Silicon Valley, like middle out uh, algorithm. Yeah. It's like bridge out songwriting. I write the bridge and I build everything else on top. I of mean, it. sometimes it feels like. I mean, they must just like come to him once he has the verse and the chorus of these things because they always elevate the song to another level. They always make the chorus after it even better. I just, yeah, he, I just, I can't think of a bridge on a yellow card record that I'm like, meh about. And maybe I didn't need to actually actually dive in and, 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 uh, and see if I can find one, but you'd find fewer than, you know, fewer stinkers than you would jams you know what oh, i mean for sure i don't think i'd find any stinkers i'm curious if i would at all but uh anyway other thoughts on inside out fellas uh, it's good the two of us 
Yeah, dude, it's a good one. But that, is it his dog breathing on him this time, or is it now that no, I'm falling? So, I think. <laughs> so <laughs> I love I love the lyric that the the lyrics on the uh, on the bridge on this. The two of us, yeah, uh, take breath like one. The two of us, uh, what is it? Dream we dream like one. Like one of my favorite things about the way Ryan Key writes is. Um, he's not afraid to be vulnerable. And like, you see that in the records after this, he talks about his mistakes. He talks like when he, uh, I'm thinking specifically of, I don't know, uh, when five become four, like that song, like this, this dude, this is a dude before it's, it's at all common for a dude to be like, man, I really miss my friend or, you know, your friendship is important to me to be vulnerable, to sing it out. Like that wasn't yeah. a, that wasn't a popular thing. You've got, I'm going to do it. Limp Biscuit singing about the nookie and, and you got Ryan well, key or the, or the, or the acceptable emotions is for uh, in relationships like that's uh, of right. girls. I mean, that's, yeah. like, that's what we think that basically everyone's writing songs. If they're sad songs, they're about girls, but yeah, I mean, Ryan does, he writes about, you can friends, tell it's about man. friends and Absolutely. loved ones that have died and, 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 uh, and it res- that have fallen by the wayside. And, and we all win from that. Like he's vulnerable and we all gain from it because it resonates with us because we all have those relationships. Absolutely. We're just, we're just not as vulnerable. We're, we don't, we don't, as easily share our feelings with those with those relationships, and maybe I shouldn't speak for you guys, but at the time I didn't. You know what I mean? And so, oh, no, it was. It, it, it's like he he's he was a breath breath of fresh air, and then also like he's he's just super talented and gifted at at writing. But yeah, I, I love that. Yeah, which is another thing that absolutely attracted me to this band was just I, I these songs are not. Um, they're fairly obvious what they're about ish. You know what I mean? I'm not saying I know exactly what all of them about it, but it's like, okay, way away. I mean, he moved away from his home and like, you can, you can figure out some of these stuff, you know? And, but they're not, um, so they're not like trying to be obscure or like, it's not like right. writing about this painful thing, but obscuring it. So you don't really know what they're talking about and stuff. Uh, so yeah, it's, it's honest and relatable and, and not, um, it's not like, you know, when Ben Gibbard writes about something, it's like in the most poetic way I've ever heard anyone write about that thing or whatever. And so it's just, that's a different thing. And I love that too, but this Mm -hmm. is a totally relatable way of like, like, Oh, I feel like I could have, uh, yeah, I've had that experience. That's the way I would have written those lyrics. Um, he, yeah, he does a really good job. It's still, I mean, it's still poetic though, dude. No, it is. It is. Someone telling you the two of us take breath like one, the two of us, we dream like one. Like I feel what he's saying, but I, (laughs) I probably wouldn't have said it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Completely so. agree. Uh, let's go to Believe. violin part in before the mm-hmm. clip ended uh chris thoughts um obviously song's great because every song in this album's great obviously blake's gonna go with the bridge because blake always goes with the bridge 
but it's like, obviously the best part of the song. Like when he comes in, he says, want to see my wife when I get home. Um, for all you kids out there, kind of a tragic little beginning of the decade for us. Um, and and uh, guys, I could not figure out what is the spoken word part in here. It's something about like nine eleven, right? It's Michael Bloomberg's speech the year after. Yeah, Bloomberg. It's, it's Bloomberg so it's not speech. Giuliani. Okay, because no. I was like, that's not Giuliani, but it's Giuliani's clearly... not uh, mayor anymore. A year okay. later, right? Um, okay, okay. Thank you. I could not figure that out because I was looking up like Giuliani speeches and trying to figure out what like where the words came from. Um, and they're kind of faint in there too, so it's kind of hard to pick up. Like, it's yeah, not, you, it's, it's not, not prominent, but it's just right there. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's a it's a way better nine eleven song than Toby Keith's. <laughs> I mean, you uh, know what I mean? Like, as far as like the sentiment is right in this song, it they really, um, and that's not an easy thing to write about. No, I don't think. No, anyone. but that but that the beginning of that bridge is when you when it hits you in the feels because you think about. Dude, I swear! I swear! Like, I know it's a pop punk band, like yeah. that played your high school or our high school. But when I heard, like, still when I hear that, I want to kiss my wife when I get home. That line by itself, if you just read it, kind of cheesy. Like, if I wrote it down and put it in a song, I feel like it would be like, uh. But like when the way he sings it, like with the power he sings it right there, it it made me feel. It may it always makes me think of those buildings, and it makes me think like such sad thoughts about all the people in there. Yeah, I know that I'm, I'm not trying to get too emotional. Right. I'm just trying to say like, it really, really did like, like hit me in the feels. Yeah. Specifically about the firefighters. Yeah. No, this is another one that like, again, for the third time now, it's like basically every time I hear it with that speech in the background, it's hard not to get chills and be yeah. like, man, and take me right back to being, you know, that was a weird, <laughs> no, do you, I mean, do you it, see like you see that picture in your head of the buildings when when you hear the song or at least i do like i, I feel those feelings from yeah, being from that moment absolutely yeah. it always takes me back and did it in a great way without being i don't know pandering or mm-hmm. uh you know there's a lot of bad ways you could write this song but um and i think a lot of people did <laughs> write, the, <laughs> write it the bad way uh in the, those couple years afterwards uh you know it wasn't very often that like you know, you two wrote their perfect album for that moment before that happened. And so it just kind of worked out, but, uh, writing an album in, uh, in, luck, in yeah. Luck of the Irish. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, uh, Kyle thoughts on, uh, on believe. Um, all any. the stuff you guys are saying, like, obviously that it, it hit hard at the time. And then also I love the bridge, but I freaking love, uh, the pre, uh, Bloomberg outro and like yeah. seriously it's been a it's kind of a, a mantra for myself like when things are bad I I think of these lyrics all the time everything's gonna be all right be strong believe like and I know that's cheesy but like that is a that is that is a really powerful short little that that's a that is saying a lot in a in a little bitty space you know what I mean and um it it's 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 good writing. And by That's, the way, that that last line in the speech is the world will little note nor long remember what we say here, but it can never forget what they did here, which is like, yeah, yeah. that's, that's a pretty solid line. Uh, whoever yeah. wrote that speech, that's that's pretty good. Um, let's go to one year, six months. We don't forget.
Kyle, thoughts? One year, six months? Oh man, like this. We've talked about this before with other other bands. This one just pisses me off. It's so good. It's so good. It's so different from what they're doing on every on all the other songs, and it just pisses me off that he can do that. Like, oh, you know, I'm just gonna put this one out there. I'm gonna tr- I'm gonna take a stab at this. And actually, like on all of their later records, he's he kind of saves this energy for doing a Coldplay cover, which is great. But like on this record, he's like, yeah, I'm going to do my own thing and writes this song. And it's it's it is so good. And Cut. and that's all I have oh. to say. Okay. Chris. Uh, yeah, the song pisses me off for the same and different reasons. First of all, because you could have uh, very easily just ended on that last line of believe. Like, as a matter of fact, <laughs> when I re-listened the record, I thought that was the end of the record. I was like. Oh yeah, because because that's a very classic punk rock thing to do. If you're gonna add a um, uh, like a clip from a movie or a speech or something, that's usually the last song. Um, and then he pulls this out of his butt, and you're like, "Oh, you still have more for me, don't you?" Um, you beautiful you bastard! A, you beautiful <laughs> son of a! <laughs> <bitch>. <laughs> <laughs> You've got more tricks up your Ryan Key sleeves. <laughs> and they had a couple songs like this on that EP that came out before. I think mm. it was. Now I'm trying to remember. I think it was Powder and Rocket on that that were a little more chill and not a little more in the vein of this song or whatever. So you'd kind of gotten a taste of it on that EP before, uh, which I really liked. And then, and then this, but yeah, it's not, again, the violin really helps the dynamics of like it, not just being like, well, let's play this with an acoustic guitar instead of an electric guitar. Um, Percussion's awesome in it. Again, I think Neil Avron probably just like, I'm sure Ryan came in and playing this on a acoustic guitar. And then it's like, Oh, I can make that sound real pretty he's like um, yep <laughs> putting nice. all the good stuff on it yeah it's a it's a beautiful how about song. 17 shakers from different countries and people clapping and <laughs> various things um yeah it's a good song and it's a it's a pretty good uh penultimate song too as far as kind of like i i don't this it fits where it is mm-hmm. on the record too yep, as I far agree. as like it it makes me uh uh it, it feels like it's leading up to the end of the record. We're not quite there yet, but uh, we got one more. So any other thoughts on one year, six months before we go to back home? Well, I'm just I excited. A, oh, go ahead. I do have a question for you guys. Am, am I wrong in in thinking that wasn't Big If, Ryan's side project, wasn't that about like doing songs kind of like this? Do you do you remember? I have I don't nothing. Know I, ever, I have yeah, no knowledge no of, of what you're talking about. Yeah, so when Yellow Card disbanded for a little while after um after the uh, when the you're second thinking record, say no uh Southern Air. Yeah. No, no, no not oh. not after Southern Air. It's it's the second record where Lights he kind of Lights and Sound. Wasn't there like a big gap between that and uh when you're through thinking say yes? I think they took uh Because I thought he lost his wits a little bit. No, I think he <laughs> lost his voice. Oh, okay. Oh. Well, that makes sense, but I okay. So I know he, he started... did lose his voice at some point and had to get uh whatever like vocal node sur- surgery or oh, vocal really? surgery. Wow. Yeah, like and he he couldn't um I'll have to look oh, up that's the notes on this. Super super sad. Uh, he I agree. Couldn't, he was mute for like a week or two, Ooh. and then couldn't, and then after that had to like do vocal rest for quite a while. So I think that was AKA that the was... longest week of his life, probably. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I Jeez, think can that, you imagine? Which you know is more common than uh if yeah if you don't take care of it man it's it it can really um jack you up so anyway i think that was between lights and sound 
and also not, not the only tragedy that he's seen. No, like man, he, he like uh, yeah. he, life keeps giving him reasons to write songs, and uh, you know, bless him for for Thank continuing you? to do so. Thanks, <laughs> yeah, dude. I know. Uh, so I'll I'll, to, I'll put in the show notes what the timing on that is, but I think that was between the uh lights and sounds and paper walls that that happened but don't quote okay. me for okay. sure um, well he started a side project or he started a band called big if when he wasn't doing yellow card and i believe that's who the lead singer of reeve oliver later joined with him in big if and then yellow card back got back together that guy became the bass player for yellow card and those three of the big if songs that i remember were on that record as yellow card songs and I think yeah, that I was Paper Walls. I think you're right. Maybe Paper Walls then. Okay, so that yeah. would make sense then for that to be the same thing. Like I said, I thought that was the vocal thing. I know there was a vocal thing. And then I know there is a like a hiatus in the band, but I thought that came um, after because Southern Air and okay. before Lift a Sail. But I might be wrong about that. So we'll look okay. that up too. Um, anyway, let's go to Back Home, the final track of the record. Another Sometimes I wish that it would rain here And wash away the West Coast dreaming from my eyes There's nothing real for them to see here Another starry night in California yeah. I'm sure back home they love to see it Chris, thoughts? Hmm... It's all right. I just want to hear what Kyle has to say. <laughs> okay, Kyle. I mean, <laughs> it's fine. Um, I feel like, like I like this song a lot more than you two do, obviously. I, I, I almost never like it when someone says California. <laughs> I knew that's what it was going to be. I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. When I, for the moment I heard that song, like when I was researching the album, I was like, Kyle's going to say something. <laughs> Like, I, I don't know. I, I even I even just, Tupac and Dre, you didn't like it when they said it. Oh, do they that's say California? Way different. That's I think way in, different. I think in uh, in California, love they do at some point. I don't know. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> Not like that. Not like that. They don't. Oh my god! I'm so happy I was right about that. I knew he was gonna. I knew that was gonna and piss you off, Kyle. I, I don't. I don't hate this song. It's just it is. So, but that's the part that sticks out, just like the gun in the tank or the flower in the yeah, tank. Like when it, I hear the song, I'm like, "Oh, this is the one where he says California." <laughs> it sticks out, and also I don't think that it's. Um, I don't think that this song deserved to be the last track on this great album. I think I think you cut it to. I think you cut it to twelve song perfect album. You know what I mean? So you just ended on one year six months. I don't know that I. I don't know. I mean, here's the thing. I like the song just fine. It, I'm not calling it. A, I wouldn't put it on my nobody's perfect because I, I still listen to it. But it does bother me that he says California. <laughs> it's never bothered me. I guess for some reason I don't know. No, I mean maybe I relate to the fact that L.A. is freaking weird, and that's obviously part of what this song is about. Is that I just I remember every time we were ever in L.A., which we had some decent some good friends in L.A. and stuff like. Oh yeah. But it was a. It's a weird freaking town. I mean, there's just, uh, you know, and I can't. This is 15 years ago that last time I was there or something. But uh, it would be that would be a, a kind of a jump to go from. Are they Fort Lauderdale? Is that where they're from in Florida? 
Anyway, some or Jacksonville, I think maybe. Yeah, I was going to say I, Jacksonville. Sounds, Jacksonville. I think it's yeah. Jacksonville. I think it's Jacksonville. Um, that to L.A. and and I think clearly, I mean the 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 record that follows this is clearly all about how weird uh, L.A. is and uh, and self absorbed and things like that. And I feel like this song's a little bit of uh, of that kind of like obviously it's called back home. I mean, there's no yeah. uh, no hiding. Yeah, so I like the I like the song. I'm fine. <laughs> I don't the California doesn't bother me as much as like the fact that California just gets all the songs. Uh, I mean, California's cool and all, but come on, can we get North Dakota a song? California Seems doesn't unfair. get... I, I don't think California's mentioned in this song, Blake. Just California. <laughs> yeah. Uh, if you say so. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, so that wraps up track by track discussion. Uh, let's jump into kind of our uh, thoughts on the album Guys, does it hold up? I mean, oh, is there yeah. any question here yes, that it holds no. up? It's so great. Yep. Still it's, sounds great, too. Yeah. It sounds great. Um, the songs Perfect are still record. really good. Um, I don't feel like there's anything that aged poorly on it, in my opinion. Even even a song about September 11th from the year after. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, I guess this comes out two years after, but I mean, they were writing it within the year right. of September yeah. 11th. I mean, and it doesn't, it doesn't feel... Um, I don't know. You know how that can go. It's mm-hmm. like, ooh, yeah. Nothing feels dated. It feels relevant right now, honestly. Um, even stylistically, I feel like they grew as a band, but they didn't like ever stray from uh, too far from what was happening on this record. Um, I think they grew and got better, but yeah, uh, but they didn't. Uh, this was kind of a a. a um, what's the right, I mean this, I think this is really like where they cemented their sound as a yeah. band. Like I feel like the other stuff was trying to figure it out and this one, they kind of uh, got it together. So yeah, I think the, the album absolutely holds up. Is it their best album and or your favorite Chris Monier? Yeah. I, I mean, so I think you Blake, and I don't know about you, Kyle, but like Blake, like was always super into yellow card forevermore. And for me, like, I kind of, like, I peaked with this album, and I was just kind of like, I, it was almost like, uh, well, they say, like, what? Okay. So th- sometimes they say, like, don't meet your heroes. Like, it, it, to me, this was, like, kind of a situation like that where I was like, you guys are good. Like, let, let's just leave it on that note. So I didn't really, I didn't really give the rest of the records after this, like, a huge chance. I just kind of, like, because um, they had lights and sounds. I remember watching the music video for that. But I just kind of didn't want to hear anything from them because I, I was like, they achieve perfection. I don't want to know anything else. Kyle, what about you? What are your thoughts? So I, I like you, Blake, and I am a huge Yellow Card fan. And you just, you, there's not just a ton of like, you know, people that know their new stuff. So I get, I don't talk about it much. But man, I think, I think that they almost got better with every record. Like, uh, it, it, <laughs> There's well, there, there there's a few yeah. misses for me, but like uh, I think I think uh, I think when you're through waiting, say yes is a perfect mm, record. Yep. I mm-hmm. think Southern Air is a perfect record. Yep. Uh, I, I mean, think I think Walls Paper is Walls is, is a perfect record. Yeah. I I even think Lift a Sale is perfect, but Lift a Sale is my Shower Not a Grower album for them. I'll say that. What do you mean Grower Not a Shower? 
Wait, show. Yeah, thank <laughs> you. Set it backwards. Show or not, it, grow it's or all not. show, no grow. Uh, well, no. Wait, wait, I remember we texted each other that when that album yeah. came out. A couple months after that album, I remember being like, "Hey, I mean, this has grown on me a ton. It didn't like hit me the first time on Lift to Sail. I'm with you, but it grew a ton on me. Um, yeah, I, I'm with you, Kyle. I think that this album is so good, and it hit. It was like it. To uh, for it to be their major label debut specifically, mm-hmm. and have Ocean Avenue and, and only one on it specifically, I don't know that it gets any more. As far as like, that's pretty awesome. Uh, as far as commercial success uh, for them, obviously. But I agree, man. I I don't love Lights and Sounds. Still, it's got a few songs that I'm just like yeah. they were, and I think. Uh, I've even looked back. I mean, they've said as much that they kind of were a little maybe too ambitious with uh, the trying to do a kind of um, sort of a punk country. No, it was like they wanted to do this kind of like theme album thing. And it just, I don't know. It just, it rubbed me the wrong way. I didn't like lights and sound. I liked a few of the songs on it. They were awesome, but it just didn't have the whole, the cohesiveness that this album did. But then freaking paper walls is, is perfect. Yeah. Those, those three records specifically in a row are, are flawless. And as much as I love ocean Avenue, I would still say I'm with you on like maybe life of a salesman, empty apartment are, you know, maybe like a little lesser than the rest of the record. And I'm not saying Mm -hmm. they're bad songs at all. I'm just saying that like, if I had to like nitpick and I can't find anything on paper walls, uh, uh, when you're through thinking, say yes. And Southern Southern it's bad. There's not a, there's not yeah. 30 seconds of that record that's that's not phenomenal. Uh, so I that's agree. Where well, I land. And, and, and I w- sorry, and I want to just come back and say that through you, Blake, I have rediscovered those albums. I'm kind of like yeah. putting myself in a place of time. In time, but when you like through you like showing me those the the newer records, I kind of realized like they they were they had a lot left to give. Like there's actually. Yeah. I mean, I listen to those albums all the time now, the newer records. But I just there's something really special about this place in time. I'm also, with you on that. like, I I won't get too far off into this. I'll just say that like, I kind of enjoyed the taking that journey with him in this band because it, like we I grew up with them. Yeah, and I wasn't I wasn't like, I didn't see the success that they did, but like man, the with the with the way that he writes and as vulnerable as he is, I feel like I I know the dude and that I've experienced some of the same things, and so like man, they're they're just. They're just one of my favorites, and I agree. Those three records are flawless, Blake. So, yes, this record's perfect. Um, I guess don't make me choose my favorite yellow card. I can't do record. it. Yeah, it's, it's like Jimmy at World for me. I really cannot yeah. pick. Um, and Futures. It's, yeah. <laughs> Chris can pick. <laughs> Chris can pick. I can't pick, and, and I kind of like that on this one. I'd say that um, I really like all of them. Uh, Lights and Sounds is my least favorite of them, but really the rest of them I could listen to all the time and still do. Um, the, is it their most important album? I mean, I'm going to have to say that it's the platinum one. So yeah, yeah. It, it launched them into the stratosphere. Uh, yeah. I'd call that important. Um, and it, it put, you know, I don't No one tried to copy them with a violin for sure, but, Mm-mm. um, you know, I think it, it did, it did elevate pop punk. Oh, most definitely. You know what I mean? In a different Absolutely. way that hadn't happened no, uh, in a different that. way completely because yeah. it was like they were the uh 
You were the underdogs. Like they were like there you go. Yep. the guys grinding it out. It was so cool to see them on MTV. It was way different than seeing yes. like Blink One Eighty Two or anybody because they were yeah. like, the, you know, they they were like the girl next door. Like they were like, oh, that could be me. I could do this. Yeah, yep. yeah, yeah, yeah. It felt different when when I saw them on on TV. Yep. Uh, Desert Island songs, Chris. Two or three of your favorites from the record, if you can pick two or three. Well, I have to go with um, um, "Life of a Salesman" just because of that memory from Warp Tour, um, miles apart. Because it's just like so timeless. And then, um, I mean, obviously, you got to do Ocean Avenue. Just you have to. I think yeah, I think you might be right, Kyle. <laughs> uh, do you have notes on your Desert Island songs? I'm trying to figure it out right now, or well. Man, I hate that I lost my notes, but I will. I mean, I think if I had to narrow it down to three, I'm going to go with Ocean Avenue, um, only one and one year, six months, just because to me, that's just, Mm. that was just such a, such a unique song, such a perfect background vocal. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I've got Ocean Avenue and only one in mind, too, which rarely am I going to have two of the singles on my Desert Island thing, just because generally singles are not the best songs on the record. They're the poppiest, catchiest ones to get you to go buy the record, maybe. But but that doesn't mean they're the best. But man, those two are, like I said, they are perfect songs. Uh, They are uh, the exception to the rule of... uh, of the the singles being fantastic songs, uh, but my third one's going to be Believe. I just same Ooh, thing. I'm yeah, picking all three songs song. that give me chills every time I listen to them. I can't one. can't not uh, respect the goosebumps. Um, let's do Nobody's Perfect. Is there a worse song on this album for either one of you guys? No, I mean I prefer them not use California and you the, mentioned that, and then the <clears throat> verse on. Uh, the life of a salesman, but like, or excuse me, the chorus, but chorus. no, it, it, the song is still great. And, um, no, I, it's near, it's a near perfect record for yeah, me. Yeah. I think I put empty apartment just because it, I, I know it was the one I skipped more back in the uh-huh. day. Uh, but I think that was more of a mood thing. You know, if you're driving with the windows down, empty apartment doesn't work as well, but for whatever reason, one year, six months does fine. It's not like the mid tempo thing that bothers me. It's just, uh, and it's still a really it's a good song. I'm not. It's not a. It's certainly sure. not. N- nobody's perfect. It's just if I had to pick one. Uh, how about grower, not a shower? Is there a grower for either one of you? I I'm gonna go with my same answer. I think one year six months. When I first heard it, I was like, whoa, this is weird. I liked it right away, but then then I just freaking fell in love with it. It's great. Chris, what about you? I mean, I, I keep ringing this bell. I'm so sorry. It's just. I, that life of a salesman song i it just sticks out to me so much because of how much like i kind of felt like kyle when i heard it on the record but then when they played it live that one time i just i'll never forget how much i was like this song is way cooler than i remember sorry <laughs> i just talk about this song too much on this record no it's okay uh i think mine's inside out it's not that it, i didn't like it at first or something like that. I, I, I just appreciate it a lot more now than I did back then. So I think that we didn't line up at all this time no. on uh, yeah. growing our show. That, that speaks to the, it speaks to the amazingness of this record. It's very hard to choose. Yeah. Uh, any, any closing, closing thoughts on the, on the album or yellow card in general, fellas? Nothing. They're great. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, we basically have like worshiped at the altar of yellow card this whole time. <laughs> We're like, yeah. they're geniuses, <clears throat> unprecedentedly perfect songs, bridges, yeah. meh. All it's right. A, Maybe a really, weak point. 
it's a really good album and uh and certainly deserved to go platinum uh if not more you know you know we if only for the video if, if only, only for the alternate video. timeline uh there's a, a different video for only one that uh has more like i don't know girls in it or something no yeah uh, oh right ryan uh, here's what i'm seeing you're with a beautiful model on the beach and you guys are just walking around naked maybe a little <laughs> bit of clothes three minutes so it can play on mtv uh yeah i think that that would have been i had not considered that but i do think that move was um it was a dud it was, it was a, a dud. dud yeah yeah well, it was the fire it was the it was the grand finale like give us a big old firework we're all ready for it and it just shot up and just burned out yeah well on that note uh thank you for listening and again if you like what you hear please consider giving us a you know just wonderful glowing five-star review on legally iTunes. binding legally binding one uh and of course uh please subscribe too that way the episodes just show up on your device when they come out every other tuesday uh and you can send us comments disagreements or suggestions at info at finding emo pod and still not on twitter man <laughs> you guys we're, we're it's not the middle we're of just summer. Gonna, we, ha- we have to get a new twitter handle uh I, I've, I've got one reserved and we'll probably just start using it because it sounds like we're never gonna get finding emo yeah. pod active what the heck? on twitter but you can find us on facebook too at finding emo pod or instagram so you can uh give us all those kind of comments suggestions what we got wrong what we got right uh other than that we will catch you next time Bye.